Father, once again we come to you, Father. And we stand in your presence. Speak to us. There's never been a time in our lifetime, Lord, when we need to hear from heaven. For what the world is going through, only heaven has the answer. Only heaven has the answer. So speak to us. I pray all your children will have open ears. Mind that understands. Heart that believes. And above all, surrendered will that obeys. Teach us. As Peter said 2,000 years ago, to whom else can we go? Because you alone have the words of life. In the midst of death, you alone have the words of life. Speak, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the midst of everything that was happening, God just put his finger on the pause button. Life as we saw it has just come to a standstill everywhere. It doesn't matter where you live. The mountains or in the valleys, the city or the village, the desert, coast to coast, Everywhere, life has come to a standstill. And our God says, be still. It's one thing to be locked down. It's another thing to be still inside. You can be locked down in the four walls of your house and be absolutely restless inside. But God says, be still and know that I am God. Like I keep saying, I'm not a physician. I don't have a solution for this coronavirus. I'm not looking for one, two, but I'm a servant of God. And the actual solution to every problem, small or big, is spiritual. Because the root of every problem is spiritual. The spiritual solution is the permanent solution. So, there is so much information floating around. False information, connecting with this virus, true information also. Let me give you the true information, the source of every virus, including coronavirus. It's found in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. Because the what are people afraid of? People are afraid not of so much of sickness that it is leading to death. And the source of, true source of every virus is this. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is a source of every virus that is floating around. If there were viruses before man fell, you can be very sure man didn't fall ill, nor did they die. So this is where it all begins, an act of disobedience. So there is, if you look at your WhatsApp groups and all that, all the forwards you get is stopping anyway. Currently, after the next notification by the government, 
There is true information and false information. Let's see the beginning of false information about the virus. It's found in Genesis chapter 3 and verses 3 to 4. Genesis 3 and verses 3 to 4. We have the serpent coming in and you have the conversation between the first lady, not Melania Trump, but the original first lady and the devil. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. So that's the beginning of the false information in all WhatsApp groups. It started in the garden. So there is true information and false information. Nothing has changed in life. From that day, there's a source of true information and there's a source of false information. Again, when we come further, true information, Romans, let's go to the new covenant, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. This is the true information. The wages of sin is death. That's true information. You cannot skirt it. Don't try to believe it is not true. It is true. The wages of sin is death. And true information connected with that. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So there is true information. The wages of sin is death. And there is also a solution which Paul will put across through the Spirit of God in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17. The reason, the very reason we are standing here in the midst of a curfew in this church office and preaching is because this is a true information. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. None of us are ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to the salvation of everyone, for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the group, for the Greek. That's the rest of us who were once Gentiles. For in it, in this gospel that we are preaching, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So you look, the gospel that we preach is the solution. The wages of sin is death. The gospel is the answer. Now if you saw the latest notification that came in this evening, you see all kinds of people, everybody is banned from going out in the public from 7 to 6, complete curfew. And even if you're on the road after that, only one person on a two-wheeler and two on a four-wheel, all kind of restrictions have come in. But you will see one set of people are exempted. They're called essential services. Okay, They're essential to maintaining physical life in the city or any city. They are exempted from these restrictions. So we are here because we are part of God's essential service. And we work day and night to save lives. Like doctors and nurses and do working day and night to save lives. That's why we are streaming twice a day and the rest of the time we are working. Because the end of every pandemic, every disease, every famine is the end of human life. It is death. So what the doctors are trying to do to save people from dying. What we are trying to do is from souls dying. So let me give you true information. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. It is as it is appointed for men to die once. So what are doctors, the medical fraternity trying to do is uh, save people from dying. 
what are we trying to do? Save people from judgment. Because you will die anyway, Sami. If you were in my classroom, I wouldn't let you chew, okay? <laughs> we are all teachers, Sami. We can't help it, okay? Okay, 927. It is appointed for men to die and after that it is judgment. So whether you die today of pandemic or you survive and die 10 years later, everybody has to be prepared for death. And because this pandemic is hitting everybody, it's the first time a virus has, it's an equalizer. Everybody is from the president down to the man on the street. It doesn't matter who you are. It is breaking every barrier. Okay? So, we have to tell people, get ready. Get ready. And if you go to Hebrews 20, verse 29, or 9, the next verse, 29. Yeah. Same, same chapter. 9. Yeah, 28. So, Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. All those who eagerly waiting. Okay, so we are trying to create this eagerness. By the time I am praying for the church when the quarantine everything is over, a different church will emerge out of this isolation. A different church will. So first let me give you true information which the, the world will not give you, which is there in the word of God so that in this pandemic you don't fear. John chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. This is true information. You need to get it into your heart and meditate upon it. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life who believes in me, though he may die. Whatever way, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Remember, no man ever who walked on earth under the title of God any religion has ever said this. Nobody has said it. Nobody. And he's the only one who has said it. You will not die if you believe in me. If you live, even if you die, you will still live. And in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, and verse 17 and 19, when John sees Jesus in this vision, in the island of Patmos, and falls like one dead at his feet, John 1, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Write the things which you have. 17 and 18, 18. Yeah, I'm sorry, 18. Okay. 17 and 18. Yeah. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and of death. He says, I got the keys. I have the keys. So we have established the fundamentals. Okay, There is disease and there is death. It's not disease what people are scared of. Okay, Till this virus came in, nobody was scared of fever or a cough or sneezing or a running runny nose. Nobody was worried. But suddenly a virus has changed the parameters. Everybody is scared because you realize this could be symptoms of something worse. Okay? So we have established fundamentals. There is disease or other ways. There is death. Absolute, sure. And then there is judgment. So this is the spiritual truth. The spiritual truth. The spiritual truth is the truth about the unseen realm. 
there is only one who has come back from the dead, that is Jesus Christ. So when he talks about that realm, be very careful and listen. We can deal with the physical realm. That is like scientists day and night sitting in their labs trying to isolate this virus and break it down to find a cure. Okay? But the problem is even when they find a cure finally, after some time, another one comes in. And it will only get worse and worse and worse and worse. So there is a physical realm which we are operating and thank God for all the people who are working day and night to find a solution. But I am looking, as servant of God, at the spiritual part. The spiritual part, we need to understand something. It's a spiritual realm. In Psalm 103 and verse 19, I hope everybody who is listening online, our people, have your notebooks and your pens, pens. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. You need to understand above and beyond the spiritual realm, there is another realm, which is called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it rules over all. All, his kingdom rules over all. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 17. This is the wise man, Daniel, speaking through the spirit of God. The decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men. Okay, lowest of men. Okay, now, there is this constant criticism of the caliber of the political leaders we have in our times. Okay? Constant criticism. It is also a sign of the times. When sin increases and this social climate goes down and down and down and down, God also will give us political leaders according to that caliber. It's he who chooses. People think they vote. It is not. It's God who chooses leaders. In Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6, this is what Nehemiah says. These are spiritual realities. Until we understand the spiritual reality of the kingdom of God. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them. You preserve them all. The host of heaven worship you. So we have established something. There's something more than in this world that we live in. There is a spiritual realm. And we have to look at that spiritual realm to find answers, permanent answers. The permanent answer is not about death. A lot of people in labs are all working how to beat death. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Okay? So nobody is going to beat death. But we need to be prepared for what happens after death. God said very clearly, after death, it's not a vacuum. It is judgment. So we will go to the beginning. I'm trying to, in the coming days, we'll try to establish the spiritual side of how we look at things. So if you want to go to the beginning, of course you have to go to the beginning, which is Genesis. Genesis means beginning. And we go to the first chapter, chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verses 4 and 5. Okay. Then, Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, and it was good. God divided the light from the darkness, in verse 5, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. If you go back to verse 4, yeah. God saw the light, and it was good. Okay, so the first day, and he saw the light, and he said it was good. Next you go to verse 
10. 9 and 10, sorry. God said, let waters be under the heavens be gathered together into one place. Let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land. Uh, earth, seas, God saw it was good. And if you go further, uh, yeah, go to verse 13. So the evening and the morning was the third day. So we have the first day, we have the third day. If you go to verse 18 and 19. God set them in the firmament, the heavens to give light on the earth. Yeah, uh, we are going to 18. Yeah, to rule over the day, over the night, to divide the light from darkness. God saw it was good. And the evening and the morning was the fourth day. So we saw the fourth day. Now if you come to verse 21 to 23. So God created the great sea, earth, okay, all that. He saw it was good, the end of that verse. God blessed them and he multiplied. He said all that and we come further down. So verse 23 says, the evening and the morning was the fifth day. So we saw the first day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day. And if you come to verse 25, he makes beasts. Verse 26, he makes man. And if you come to verse 31, at the end of it, Scripture says, then God saw everything he has made. Indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So if you see in the narrative when I read, we looked at first day, we looked at the third day, we looked at the fourth day, we looked at the fifth day, we looked at the sixth day, and God said it was good, and it was that day. Now we will go to the one day that we missed. It was the second day. Verse 6 and 8. Chapter 1, verse 6 and 8. <clears throat> Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament, the waters which were above the firmament, and so, and God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. So you see, seven days, six days are mentioned over there, but one word is missing in the second day. God does not say it is good. It is not good. He does not say it is good. Because in the second day, something happens. There is a division in the heavens. Now, if you go to the biblical truths of Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul talks about a man. It is basically he himself, we all presume. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, whether out of the body, I do not know, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. You read further, you will know that is God's realm and he hears things that could not be uttered. So the Bible actually talks about three heavens. You see, in the Islamic narrative, there are seven heavens. It is not biblical and it's not true. There are only three heavens. So you will have the seventh heaven and all these things talking about it is not biblical and it is not there in the Bible. Okay? There are three heavens. The third heaven is God's realm. Let me put you, I'm using this term realm. Realm. Okay. Now actually we understand realm better. Our generation understands realm better than any other generation. You know, because we are physical beings, we live in the first realm, which first heaven, which is material. Material. Second and third is spiritual. Second heaven and third heaven is spiritual. It is made of, not made of matter. Now, you all of us today know what virtual reality is. Okay? Spiritual realm is something like... No, nobody will deny virtual reality. Nobody will, will deny virtual reality. Though you cannot touch it. 
the virtual world. You cannot touch it. So there is a realm. So the first realm is the physical realm. This is how I understand. I'm not putting across doctrine as that. But this is how I understand when I read scripture and comparing scripture with scripture. This is the first realm, which is this. We are all caught in the first realm, in the physical realm. God made us in his image, but he made us, this earth, everything that you can see and touch, the physical realm. Then there is this second realm, and then there is this third realm. Something happened in time immemorial where there was a rebellion in heaven and <coughs> Satan was cast out. And that's where the second realm is. So that has to happen even before the Genesis record is actually there because God doesn't talk about the second realm being good. So there are a lot of things that are hidden, secret things which belong to God. We don't have to fight over it. One day when we are with God or outside of God, we will understand. Either way, everybody will understand. Okay, so, please understand, these three realms are real. Earth is real, third realm is real, and second realm is real. How many of you doubt it? And uh, I'm not calling out names, because people don't have to know how many are here, but okay, let me ask. Dr. Richard, have you ever seen your soul? Do you doubt it? When you look in the mirror, you see your body. But do you see your soul? Have you seen your thoughts? Can you see your thoughts? No. But aren't they real? Absolutely real. Have you ever doubted your thoughts? Okay. So we also realize within us also there is a realm which is not physical. Which is not physical. There are two parts of us in the similar manner. One is the physical body, which is the first realm. Then there is the second part, the soul, which is the second realm. And then there is third part, which is the spirit, which when you are born again, becomes the third realm, where God is. The second realm is the where the devil is fighting for the second and the first. And tries to manipulate your thinking. Your thinking. The manipulation all takes in the first and second. He manipulates the second realm. And then uses us to sin in the first realm, to act in the first realm. So it is there actually within us and we understand how the mystery of the trees in the Bible. We know this as an aside. We know Daniel saw something. He wanted an answer. He prayed. If you go to Daniel chapter 10, he fasted for 21 days and the reply did not come. And then finally when the reply comes and the archangel Michael comes in chapter 10 and verse 10 onwards, 11 onwards, 11 to 13, <clears throat> the angel tells him, he said, Oh Daniel, great, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have not been sent to you. I have been now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. He said, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before you, God, your words were heard and have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So he says, see, unlike us who have the Holy Spirit who speaks to us, the old covenant because the spirit was not given the way it was given who resides in us. They didn't get an answer like we did. So the angelic realm had to operate where the answer usually comes through the angels. So the angel says, 
The prince of Persia opposed me 21 days. It's not talking about a human prince. It's talking about a second realm. The the angel, the demonic entity who is in control of Persia. And we know Paul talks about our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So a prince is in charge of a principality. So like in the demonic realm, there is a demon principality over India. Over China, over America, all. And they are not the similar. They are not similar. Meaning they are all demonic. Under Lucifer has created a realm. The second realm. And these nations are there and as governments are there. And down to the local panchayat as we will call over there. The local, this little, like we are in a ward and there is a ward member. Down to that level, the, the, the Satan has his structure. Satan is an imitator. There's nothing original about him. <clears throat> he imitates everything God has done. So his government also is there in the second realm. And God's government is there in the third realm. And man's government is there on the first realm. And man who does not understand two and three control is a fool. They think they are doing things here. It is not. Everything is being controlled by two and three. And overall, three is in absolute control. We saw very clearly, Pastor Vijay preaching in the morning, even when the devil does something, it is God who allows or doesn't allow. And his purposes is being all worked out. It's all being worked out. So you see this over there. The second realm is there. And if we don't understand what is happening, and the Bible talks about it in the last days, Satan who has his realm in the second heaven will be thrown down to our realm, that is earth. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 and 9, 7 to 9, chapter 12, verses 7 to 9, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, that is the devil, and dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was any place found for them in heaven. Can we stop there a minute? Yeah. Okay, you can go down to nine. Yeah. And, yeah, go to verse nine. Yeah. And in the battle, what happened? So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Okay, he was cast down. And you will see here, he's called two names. He's called dragon and he's called the serpent. It's a snake. And you know, when man has actually moved from that center where the garden was, you will see Cain went away towards the east. And you will see when people, like people when they move away from, it's, it, it, it is a physical direction, but spiritual connotations are there. And if you have noticed when people have moved over into the east, you will see snake and serpent worship becomes predominant. Snake and dragon. Dragon worship becomes predominant. Even now, China, all these places, it's the dragon festival that goes on. It's a dragon that comes out. The snake and the dragon in different, different, different. Okay? So, we know we have an enemy. If you go to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12, Revelation 12 and verse 12, this is what the Bible says. The response in heavens, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, 
because he knows he has a short time. So the devil knows his time is very short. See, he reads the signs better than us. He doesn't know the day and the hour Jesus is coming, but he knows very clearly as things are moving, he's got very little time. And he has come with great wrath because he hates mankind. Even those who serve him, he hates them because God loves them. God loves them. Okay, because God loves them. That's why he hates man. And everybody who serves him does not realize he hates them with a perfect hatred because God loves them. God loves man. Simple. He loves man. For God so loved the world. Okay, so loved the world. Remember that. Now let us go to the the prince. Not the prince. The one above the principalities. That is the devil. And let us look at him, how he is described by God in his word. Because we need to know our enemy. Unless we know our enemy and how his realm works, we will not understand a lot of stuff that is happening. Go to Isaiah chapter 14. I'm not giving you the whole portion, but we'll just read specific so that we have a rough idea about this entity and his kingdom. Like if we understand God, you can understand how his kingdom works. If you understand the devil, you will understand how his kingdom works. You don't have to understand each demon. You know the head? You know, that's the character every one of them displays. So if you know God, you understand that's how the kingdom works. You don't have to study Michael and um, Gabriel. You don't have to study any one of them. You only have to know Christ. Because Christ is exact, exact representation of who God is. That's what Christ told his disciples. You have seen me, you have seen God. So we know Christ because he dwelt among us, came like us, lived among us, and died for us, and rose again. So now we understand Within our human frailties and faculties, what God is like. In the same way, if you look at how the Bible describes the enemy, the devil, we will also know our enemy, how his kingdom operates, the nature. Go to Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 15. This is a description of Lucifer. Remember, before he was called Satan, before he fell, he was called Lucifer, which actually means light bearer. So he is the false light, and Jesus is the true light. So he will always... You see, Lucifer is actually mad at Christ. He wanted Christ's position. Okay, mad at Christ. So he is trying to imitate Christ. Okay, he's Lucifer. <clears throat> How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning. How you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Okay, now, this is a picture of devil. And this is a prophetic picture also of devil when he is talking about this, of what he will do and doing to nations. Satan doesn't strengthen nations. He weakens nations. Okay? He's still doing it. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. Now we are not talking about north in, in terms of north, Scandinavia, but symbolically, God's throne is in the north. And the further you go from the north, you go towards, actually towards east. Away from God. If you look at the human travels in the Bible, they went further and further, further into the east from the north. Okay, So you will see, actually, from the Middle East, you will see an apostle called Paul, recorded history, Apostle Paul, will go to the north of Europe. Within centuries, the whole Europe was converted. Well, Apostle Thomas comes to India and the others come to East and after 2000 years we are still struggling. 
we have not been able to touch a minuscule portion of the population because when you come to the east, the realm is different. Realm is different. The white man doesn't know how blessed he is to be born there. They are throwing away their inheritance and their heritage that God gave them a great break. Their forefathers received the gospel like this. So this is what you are talking about him. For you said in your heart, okay, the furthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high. Okay, that's what he wanted to be. He says, I will be like God. Remember, this is the lie he told Adam and Eve. Eve, if you eat, you will be. You are just taking his desire and implanting into our hearts. That's what Pastor Vijay was talking about. Autonomy means I am God. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. That's why I said, humble thyself meanings to come under. Come under means you can tell me what to do. So he, out of pride, tried to raise himself higher and higher and higher and God cast him down to the lowest place. Jesus, on the other hand, comes and humbles himself to the lowest, humbled himself, took the form of man, became a servant, obedient unto the death and the death on a cross. There is nothing more you can become humbling death on a cross. He humbled to the lowest and scripture says God raised him to the highest. You want to rise up in God's kingdom? Humble yourself. Okay, pictures are all there. So this is the devil you're talking about. Now you will go to another picture of the devil in Isaiah 28. Oh, sorry, Ezekiel 28. Got it? Oh, 28 verses 12 to 19. We don't need to read the whole thing. These are the, by the way, these are the two portions, for all of those who are listening, where the devil is described as he is. Tire and all, it's okay, but it's the symbol of the devil. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God. So we know suddenly it's not talking about this king. You are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Okay, when God made the devil, or Lucifer as he was called then, he was full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. And then, you were in Eden. You were in Eden. The garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The saddest, okay, all those, all those diamonds and all, how you are. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. So the assumption is, <coughs> assumption is, he was the worship leader in heaven. That is why music is the most powerful medium that draws people. And you will see all musicians go crazy. And the end is pitiable. Because that is something was very original to Lucifer. More than movies, more than books, more than anything. If you know what captures mankind is music. You see a movie, if you are illiterate, you can't understand it. And you cannot read. But music, music, that's why you always tell worship leaders, be very, very careful. Stay humble because talent doesn't matter in God's kingdom. Prepared on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. <clears throat> I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. 
what was that iniquity like we say mother of all sins the mother of all sins is pride is pride that is where it began that's from all the saying before a fall pride goes before a fall that's where it he looked at himself he looked at all the other angels he looked at him he realized you know what i am the best now there's only one above me that's god i need to be equal to him or lift my throne above him okay pride but abundance now we are moving into another picture altogether okay now you have to take what he did in humanity okay you have to read scripture that way what he did in humanity with nations from the beginning after the fall but the abundance of your trading you became filled with violence within and you sinned you know everybody all governments are worried let me tell you the truth about the difference between the people and the government the people are worried about the disease and death the government is worried about the economy they are not worried about people like they don't care tell me one real leader who really loves the people true leader who really loves the people hardly there i don't think there's anybody who really really cares for them so they are worried about the economy 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 this world economy is deeply connected to the satanic realm so and it is full of violence full of violence full of violence real violence another time we will look at it or maybe today and you sinned therefore i cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of god i destroyed you o covering cherub from the midst of fiery stones your heart was lifted up because of your beauty okay have you ever seen a beautiful woman who is humble or a handsome man who is humble very difficult you see these are all this is the problem because the outward things this is the problem you can be beautiful it's fine but if you don't have the heart of christ it's a very dangerous w b h i think was the one who wrote a sonnet or whatever to his ode to his daughter when his his daughter is going to be born so he says this is my prayer for my daughter i forgot the lines 25 30 years ago where he says i don't want her to be beautiful it will kill her pride i don't want her to be looking terrible also then she will be rejected let her be somewhere in the middle okay beauty you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor beauty splendor and i cast you to the ground and laid you before the kings that they might gaze at you this is all going to happen also has happened like christ lives through us by faith the devil lives through humanity who obey him so you will see nebuchadnezzar is cast to the ground alexander is cast to the ground all these leaders have been cast to the ground and he lived through them and though they during those days made humanity tremble and it's a warning to all political leaders too you will be cast to the ground because you need to have if you are a leader you need to have the heart of Jesus Christ he's a servant king he's a servant king that's why he told his disciples the kingdom of god is not like the kingdom of world kingdom of people use power to oppress the kingdom of god power is used to serve okay so it is there you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of iniquities by the iniquity of your trading trading will come over there Therefore I brought fire from your midst it devoured you and I turned you into ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw him it is prophetic 
One day, Babylon will be destroyed. In one day, this economic system will collapse. And you see it happening before our eyes. We are giving, given a sign. This is not the end. But giving a sign how, the, when the end comes, it will be worse than this. It will be worse than this. And verse 19. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall we no more. And then the word of the Lord came. Okay. Okay. So there is a king and there is a kingdom. I told you if you know Christ, you know how his kingdom works. If you know the devil and you will know how his kingdom works. So Babylon was cast. Medo-Persia was cast. Greek was cast. Then came the kingdom of iron called the Roman Empire. Pax Romana made people tremble. Roman Empire was cast down. One day American Empire also will cast down. The last is the Roman Empire. Again coming back in a different form. Iron and clay. And you realize the Roman Empire symbol was the eagle. America symbol also is the eagle. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm just guessing, presuming. But I believe, because they are the only last superpower left. China was trying to be, but a virus brought them down. Okay, so we do not know how, I'm not prophesying or saying anything, we just have to wait and see how everything plays out. So please understand this, Satan is the prince of this world, the king of this world, the ruler of this world. He's In 1 John chapter 5 verse 9, so when we go into this world and we go gaga about this world, please understand the one who rules the world. Earth and its fullness belongs to the Lord. Dharti. The world is a system built over it. The world is this nation system, economics, educational, all the systems built over it. He's the prince of that system, not the prince of the earth. The earth belongs to God. So what happens, you will see, like God said, we look two Sundays back, when this world comes to a tipping point and is messing up earth, God will cleanse it. But the earth is his. Earth. Like what we did a couple of months back, we got those guys to come in and they cleaned this place out. Right? We thought it was fine, but suddenly when those, what do you call, what do you call those guys who came here? The pest control, right? They came in and we do it regularly, right? Pest control people come and they clean up. So God is doing a kind of pest control because he says the earth is mine. The earth is mine. Now, I'm not into a green movement or any, I'm not talking about those. are also a lot of junk people. Um, there are These are people who will kill babies with one hand and worry about the snail with the other. I, I don't understand your your logic. Okay, Protect this wildlife sanctuary whole area because it's a rare beetle over there. But, you know, like we, you know, Dr. Richard, you have, uh, government has, uh, you see the rules talking about elective surgery. Yeah, they're talking about like, uh, postpone all surgeries under this essential rule because everything has to be kept ready for coronavirus patients coming in. So postpone all that ICUs and ventilate all have been needed, okay? And you know what they are saying in the bill in US? Because you have to look up at US because what's happening in Britain, Germany, France, China, nobody knows. But US is kept over there, everybody knows because that nation claims to be under God. So God, like Israel, old times, everybody looked at Israel and all we read in the Bible is about Israel because God's dispensation is walking with Israel. This is the foremost Christian country. So you, you know what in the, in the bill they're talking about? They're talking about in the bill that the same thing happening in US, all surgeries and everything should be postponed and whatever and all. But one should not be, it should be in the essential. You know what it is? Abortion. 
in the midst of this pandemic, when you are postponing everything else, abortion should be not be postponed. That's how blinded people can become. Absolutely blinded people can be become. And we have to be very careful about it because this is the blindness. Pastor Vijay was talking about Romans 1. God gives people over. He gives them over to blindness. And they are not even able to see their actions. On one side, they are fighting for this right, which is actually good. And on the other side, they are fighting for another right, which is absolutely evil, demonic. John, 1 John chapter 5, 9. Yeah, 5, 9, not 1, 9, 5, 9. So look at what the Bible says. If we receive the... 5, 19, okay, I got it wrong in my head. 5, 19, 5, 19, 5, 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We know we are of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within us. So remember yesterday... This kingdom of God within, looking anxiously for the kingdom of God, the spiritual realm, the third realm, and the first realm to come together. Right now, the second realm controls the third, the first realm. The whole world lies under the sway or the control of the wicked one. And Jesus many times, I'll just give you one verse, many times said this in John 14 and verse 30. This is what Jesus says. I no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. He talks about the devil. The ruler of the world, he keeps on coming and he tempts us and because there is something in us, he gets us. He tried all his tricks with Jesus but inside him there was nothing of the world, only the kingdom of God. So the devil could not get anything in him. The ruler, he calls him the ruler of this world. He did not call him the imposter. He says he is the ruler of this world and I am in this world but I am not of this world. That's how he has called us to live. If you read your John 17, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. Just as I was, we are called to be. He was, we are called to be. So he is saying, the ruler of this world has come, and he has? Because the ruler of this world, God has allowed for this pandemic, this crash of stocks, markets, everything to happen. God says, does he have anything in you? Are you worried? Are you upset? Are you panicking? Does he have anything in you? That is why I say our reaction cannot be the same. Cannot be same. Our reaction cannot be the same. If our reaction is the same as the world, that means the ruler of the world has got something in us. Ruler of the world has something in us. So please remember this. In this world, there are two sources of power. God, eternal, holy, his power is ultimate. Then there is the source of power which is from the devil, the fallen angel. Okay, he also has power. He was made perfect in wisdom and beauty, so he has incredible beauty, wisdom. Not the wisdom of God, but the wisdom which God gave him. And he has power. And God has given him that power for a season. And we are caught in this third, uh, first realm and it's a test to which way we will go. So we'll also see human history till today. There are rulers on earth. Rulers on earth. And they have their armies. 
and they have their bodyguards and everything. It is using that structure. They control the world. They control the world. This physical world, if Babylon has to control the king, Nebuchadnezzar has to control the Babylonians and all the others who are under his realm, he needs his army and his police and this thing. Okay? But to protect him also, there will be a set of elite guards like the US president has secret service protecting him. Okay, But they also know there is another realm. That they know, these army soldiers, they can't do anything. This another realm, they are not aware of the third realm. They are aware of the second realm. Because they don't know God. They are aware of this second realm. And they know it is the second realm that controls their power. So if you see the narrative in the Bible right from the beginning, in Genesis chapter 41, we will see Joseph in, in Egypt, and the greatest power of that time, Egypt, Pharaoh, 41, sorry, I didn't give you the verse, 8, okay? Verse 8. Now it came to pass in the morning, see, the, the Pharaoh had a dream. He woke up and it was a dream. And verse 8, now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. He called all the soothsayers and the magicians. Why? Because is your dream in the physical realm or in the spiritual realm? And he's not going to, he's calling all those enchanters, soothsayers, magicians and says, find it. Find it. So the second level people, those who are connected with the second realm people fail. That is when a man is called who is connected to the third realm, who gives it. Okay, Joseph is called. But Joseph is not connected to second realm. He is connected to third realm. In Exodus, if you go to chapter 7 and verse 11, you will see. It's very familiar to us, but we have to see. This is when Moses and Aaron went there and they did. And the power from the third realm, they turned the rod into snake. Pharaoh called the wise men and the sorcerers and so the magicians of Egypt. They also did it in like manner with their enchantments. They did. If you come to verse 22. Pharaohs, yeah, the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments and the Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. If you come to chapter 8 and verse 7, just look at a few. And the magician did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. If you come to verse 18, the magician so worked with their enchantments to bring forth the lies, but they could not. So there were so. First one, second one, third one, they could, fourth, God made a distinction. Made a distinction. They have power, but remember they have power, but the power is always decided by God, how much he will allow. That's why on Mount Carmel, they are morning till evening, they are cutting, jumping, doing everything. Nothing is able because God is closed to it. He will not move. He will not move. Okay. If you come to Daniel chapter 1 and verse 20, another king, another age, Verse 20. In all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers were who were in. So there were four people connected to realm three, the rest to realm two. 
and he found those four people who were connected to realm four, uh, sorry, three was better than two. So I'm just giving you a brief picture. You need to realize this is how it is worked. There is government, there are demonic powers, and they are connected. They're connected. You don't see them. You don't see, you don't see like before today, but they all have. They all have. They're connected. There are rulers. They have their enchanters, soothsayers, wizards, warlocks. You have different names for them. Priests. This is the connecting point to second realm. This will go here. He will kill. And that's how the system controlled and is, con- is continues everywhere. Even in atheist nations. There's no true atheist anywhere in power. If anybody is in power, even if in communist nations, they're not atheists. They're connected to realm two. Because that's the only way you can sustain your power. There's no other way. You realm two or realm one. There's no other way. Okay? So don't get fooled. Okay? So, if you study the book of Exodus, we will understand what God is doing in history. Till now. Because all our patterns. One thing you learn from history is history. One thing people don't learn from history is history. So you have Israel held captive in Egypt. Okay? Israel held captive in Egypt. Egypt there symbolizes the world. And Israel there for us, now in our pattern, symbolize the believing church. If you are part of a believing church, you will always be groaning that I am a captive here. I am waiting for my release. Isn't that what the saints said in the new covenant? We are groaning, we are groaning, we are groaning, we are groaning. This world is not our place. So Israel is held captive in the world called Egypt. Which represents the world system. And we have to see, am I that way or not? We live here. But inside we know we do not belong here. We live here, but we do not belong here. Or do we? That's a question. Do we really, really always aware I don't belong here? Peter and Sammy will always feel, no, you don't belong here. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, no, no. Not I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about the church. I said when they go out, right? You always feel that. No, you don't belong because people stare at you. Okay, these guys are not Indian. But my question is that it's okay. You don't feel you don't belong here because you're in India. But the problem is when you go to Nigeria, do you believe that you belong there? And that's a problem. That's a problem. You cannot, we cannot belong anywhere. Because earth is not our home. This world is not our home. That's why the Bible to believers warns in 1 John chapter 1 verse 15. 1 or 2? 2.15. Yeah. 2.15. Chapter 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. So, Pastor, what do you mean by love the world? God said things in the world. Because this world is always connected with things. Take the things of what is there. Only the earth and its fullness. Earth and its fullness. Right? Things in the world. Do not love the world. No things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
Okay. Why does God say that? Because the whole world is under this way. He's the ruler, the prince of this world. If he's in the prince of the world, then you cannot love anything that belongs to him. Everything in this world belongs to him. Use it, leave it. But don't get attached to it. In James chapter 4, yeah, well, let's read further, yeah. 16, yeah. And Pastor Vijay explained it very well, yeah, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. Okay, now you need to realize, this is a thing. This is neutral. This is neutral. This is the remote of the TV. This is neutral. But when the demonic gets attached to it, it starts operating on your flesh and your lust. You use the same remote to sit and watch Netflix. This is neutral. That is neutral. It's nothing with this. But if your love is for God, you will turn this around and you will use it to edify yourself. On the other hand, if your love is for this world, you will use the same thing to feed your flesh. That's the issue. That's the issue. And you realize what happens, you think this is a neutral object, but the demonic touches it. Demonic touches this. The second realm touches this. And the first realm also touches it and says, how will you? First realm touches our spirit and says, how will you use it? The second realm touches and use it for your flesh. God says, use it for your spirit. Because everything is neutral. Money, everything is, all are neutral. But it depends upon what spirit is operating upon it. The world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So you see this very clearly. So you, this picture of Egypt, Israel in Egypt, you see this larger picture now of the world and the church scattered. Nobody knows the believing church. Nobody knows. God alone knows where his people are, hidden, struggling, fighting, they fight temptation, fighting, 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 struggling, persecuted all, they're crying out to him, Lord. You may be in a country where there's absolute freedom, freedom to sin in any way, and you're fighting every day, day and night, Lord, deliver me. In another place, there is no freedom to sin in any way, but you are not allowed to worship or pray or read. You're fighting every day, Lord, help me to worship you. So all kinds of things are happening. God knows his people, their struggles he knows. Okay? So there is Israel in Egypt and there is a church in this world. So you learn Exodus, you understand what is God doing in time. If you read Exodus chapter 7 verses 4 and 5 God said very clearly through Moses what he would do. He's telling Moses before, okay? Beforehand he's telling because God has seen the end from the beginning even before he goes and speaks. He says this is what will happen. The Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Okay. So God said three things primarily if you hear. One thing, I will bring Israel out of Egypt. I will bring Israel out of Egypt. I will bring. Second, I will bring Israel out of Egypt by great judgments over Egypt. See that. Great judgments. And he will do it in such a way that Egypt will know 
that I am the Lord. So you see that pattern? Everything that's happening here is not aimed at the world. It is aimed at the church to get out of the world. It's an opening to eyes. Are you part of Egypt? Was your trust in all these things? Are you preparing for my coming to get out of this place? I said, I'm coming to take you. When I come to take you, it will be through great judgments upon Egypt, upon this world. You read the book of Revelation, there's going to be incredible judgments. And he said, by the time I finish my judgment, everybody in this world will know that I am God. Every eye will see. Every eye will see. And you need to understand, in Exodus 12 and verse 12, he makes it very clear, judgments are on two levels, not on one level. 12-12. For I will pass through, this is final judgment, okay, but what was happening in Egypt through each of the judgments. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. So the first level Level one, it is the physical realm that is getting judged. At the second level, he says, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So two levels judgments are taking place. Two levels judgment is taking place. Okay, two levels judgment are taking place. You need to realize there is these two levels of judgment taking place over hundred and almost of the world is encompassed in this judgment. And only one man had the guts to call for a day of prayer. None of them will openly speak about it because they know the gods cannot answer this. Only one man had the guts to say a call for a national day of prayer. How much he believes, I don't know. But at least he knows there's a huge set of people in that country who believes in the real God, who can stay his, change it if he wants. But he also knows that nation, the church, the real church is always under the sovereignty of God. They are like Daniel's three friends. If God wants, he can save us from this death. But if he doesn't want, but we know one thing, we will not bend down to this God of this, to your gods. That is a true church. The true church will not say, my God will stay this. No. Who am I to tell God what to do? What do I understand about the dispensations of God and what he's doing through all this? I don't understand. I'm not God. But the true church will always say, you know, one thing I know, I will not bow before the other gods. And I leave sovereignty into the hands of God. I am not God. None of us are. There's only one God. Ultimately, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Jesus is Lord. Now, in connection with the two of the ten plagues that came, the judgments, shall we call it, of God upon Egypt, what is interesting is the last two. Let's look at the ninth one. Interesting. Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 onwards. 21 to 23. You will see... The ninth plague. I gave you Exodus. Exodus 10. Yeah. Exodus 10 and verse 21. Listen to the ninth. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go. 
This is the danger. Okay, if you look in the beginning of the narrative in the book of Exodus, when Moses went and he spoke and Pharaoh saw the powers of God and that his soothsayers duplicated it, he hardened his heart. Again God did, he he hardened his heart. Again God did, he hardened his heart. And then God did, God hardened his heart. God hardened his heart. Okay, so we have to be very careful about this. That is why we keep say keep a very, very humble, contrite heart before God. Because you will say, How can God harden uh, how can God uh, harden somebody's heart? Just by withdrawing his spirit. That's all he has to do. How does clay, wet clay get hard? By the water drying off. How does your vehicle engine get stuck? Because the oil wasn't there. All God has to do that. All God has to do to harden my heart is that, okay, you don't want me? Okay, fine, I'll go, bye. You don't want me? I'm going, bye. That's all, finished. My heart is hardened. That is what Jesus said. You cannot do anything without me. Absolutely without me. You know? So, so you have this. Now let us look at what happens over here. The ninth one. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness which may even be felt. Boy, there was some darkness. Darkness can be felt. Such thick darkness. Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Okay? Okay. The ninth one is interesting. The ninth one is got to do with darkness. God is moving stage by stage by stage by stage by stage. When it comes to the ninth one, he's hitting them in the what we call in English solar plexus. Because the tree dominant god of Egypt is the sun god Ra. Okay? So you need to realize when Moses lifted up his hands up to heaven, sun couldn't do anything. Okay? And I believe there was a little boy who had heard this story or seen this. And therefore he will have the courage one day to tell sun, stop over there. I know my god. It's the god of the sun. I know my god. I know my God. So three days absolute total darkness covered the earth. Now we see that and we turn to Isaiah. We have to, we don't look at Egypt. We are looking at our times. Isaiah 60 verse 1 and 2. Arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold the darkness shall cover the earth. And deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Spiritually speaking, that's exactly what is happening in the world now. Darkness has covered. People are petrified. Darkness has covered the world. Spiritual darkness. Nobody knows what's the solution. Nobody knows how long this will continue. Nobody knows who all will die. Everybody is scared. Darkness is covered. But God's saying, when darkness covered Egypt for three days, Israel had light in their dwelling. Little light, but everybody had light. The question is, in the homes, our homes, is there light? Is there light? 
Nobody can go out. Everybody is shut in. You can't do anything you wanted to do. The question is, are we reacting in the light or are we reacting in the darkness? There are works of darkness and there are works of light. And I'm talking to even GDC Hyderabad. Uh, we have come here. We have separated ourselves. We are living in this place, eating in this place, left our family, sleeping over here. Are all of you sp- watching? Are you, all of you study? I saw pictures of little children fascinated, our little children sitting with their laptops, watching and taking notes. There is light in that dwelling place. There is light. Because he said, your word is a light. Unto my feet, the lamp unto my path. And Jesus said, I am the light of this world. The question is, is there light in your dwelling place? Or are you sitting in the darkness and doing the works of darkness? I said, the choice is yours. That is a physical picture of what will happen in the spiritual realm in the last days. These are the way you. God is not going to cover everything with darkness like you did with them. But he will say, you learn from them. And you ask yourself, what is that you are choosing? Because the only thing the government is giving 24-7 will tell you what it is. Power, internet, TV channels. That's all. Three things. Power, because all industries are shut down. So power is excess. So you don't have to worry about a power cut. Everything is shut down. Power is excess. Everybody is supposed to work from home. So all the internet systems are working. And TV channels are also, internet subscription have gone like crazy. Okay? But you think it is for light or darkness? Are people praying more? Or playing more? Online games? Or on your knees? Hearing more? Or watching more? See, we don't we don't realize this darkness is not a test for the world. This darkness is a test for the church. The world knows nothing. What does the world know? They know nothing. So these three days, these three days is symbolic. Total darkness over Egypt. Yet there was light in the Israelite. A little flicker. One lamp, one lamp, one lamp. One lamp, one lamp. What does it mean? Physical realm, what did it mean? When the darkness covered, tuck, it came and covered, Egyptians could not get up from their chairs because the darkness could be felt. But the Israelites had a little forewarning. Therefore, they could go get their lamps, light it, and stock enough oil to for three days because their leader knew. Forewarned is foreprepared. Right? So God is talking about, were you prepared? Were you prepared? Like you'll be talking about, no? Pastor Vijay and I are talking about. Does it bother us? We have to preach for 14 days, two times a day, two hours, four hours. No, it doesn't. That's what we've been doing all these years, preparing, 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 preparing to give out. We didn't know when the hour and the day would come. Would our spouses be upset that we may not be going home for days? No, they're used to it. They've already given us over to our God. They know they come only second in our lives. They won't complain. They won't complain. Why are you not coming home? Nobody, none of them will complain. Neither of our spouses will complain. If you go back, they will say, what are you doing here? You know you're supposed to be there. This is the hour and the time you've been called. Be there. These things don't uh, catch us by surprise. 
should not catch us by surprise because we are always prepared for a time of darkness because there was light inside. So you have to look at the ninth one there. What has darkness, this incredible darkness that has come over the world, spiritual, moral, financial, medical. Can you imagine at an age like this where what medical technology, I mean the kind of advancements we were boasting about, you know, where we have reached. You know, last, last couple of weeks back before all this, uh, uh, happened, I had a medical scare, so I had to go through my whole blood test. So I was going for a blood test after years and years and years, okay? So when this girl is taking this blood of my vein, and I found that new system is so good, so fast, so painless, and she takes up a small little thing and keeps it away. Now looking at this, this thing which would be a terror for me in my young days, you don't even, how, how much you hear about the advanced, you know what, nobody is able to crack this. I'm not saying it will not crack. They will crack it because God will say, okay, have mercy. 70,000 men died. And then God said, it's okay, fine. It's okay. This man is offering a sacrifice. It's not because of that God looked is a merciful God. And his scripture, he says, judgment is his strange work. He hates judgment. You ask, um, you have all of us sitting over here. We have three fathers sitting over here. Do you, do you really like spanking, you know? No. None of us like spanking our children. But at times we know we need to do it. And when we do it, that child is only jumping because of physical pain. We don't realize, they don't realize we hate that. And God hates judgment. But because he's holy and righteous, and the earth is his, and so are the people and the inhabitants, everything is his, he has to judge. So you have the ninth one, which is different. Then you come to the Tenth one, okay, we saw in the morning, yesterday we saw, the power of the enemy has been given the power of death. It's not his, it's not his, it's not his, but God has given to him. If you eat, you will die. And after man has sinned, Satan is the, given the power of death and the power of the fear of death. Please don't think that the power to kill lies with Satan. It lies with God. Okay, now day for yesterday or something, Friday, right? Four of the nearby convicts were hanged early morning at the hard jail. Okay, now the power to kill him, did it lie with the hangman? No, it lay with the court. There's one judge who passed the sentence and every other petition. No, 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 no. But that judge's sentence, it is his sentence, which was passed by the hangman. And forward. So in the same way, the one who passes the sentence is God. The hangman is the devil. Except for God's children. They fall asleep. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 6. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. 
He is the judge, not the devil. Okay, not the devil. Please remember, but the devil, if you do not know Christ, is the hangman. If you leave Christ, you are outside of Christ. Who is the hangman? Devil is the hangman. That is why Jesus gave his final communion, Passover, gave it to Judas. Judas ate it. Devil entered. A little later, Satan became the hangman and Judas hung himself. And one gory detail is given. His belly opened and his entrails came out. Now, you all guys know, but there will be a lot of people who listen, did not understand what it is. Why should that details be given in Acts chapter 1? Judas hung himself, his stomach burst open, everything came out. Because he was one of the selected elite group of disciples. And he had heard Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, rewards of living water shall flow out of your belly, the seat of out of this. This is what you are meant to be. Instead, you betrayed the Son of God. You went over to the devil's side. This is what will come out of your belly. Not life, but muck. Okay. So these picture symbols are there all in the Bible. Belly is a seat. It's Belly is a place, physical place, but also a spiritual place. Out of the belly shall flow the reverse of living water. Remember the Pharaoh had given this, throw all the boys into the river Nile. All the boys. He thought he had power over life and death. God is going to show, no you don't have. I have. And the final judgment over Egypt is the death of the firstborn. And if you have listened to Pastor Vijay when he preached on a western, the firstborn denotes your strength. The firstborn is your strength. So, the Pharaoh is being told, Israel is my firstborn. Go to Exodus 4. Exodus 4, verses 22 and 23. You shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son, your firstborn. Okay? Now, symbolic. Understand spiritual ramification. Israel is God's firstborn. Jesus is Christ's first, God's firstborn. The church is a church of the firstborn. Let my church go. Otherwise, I will kill your firstborn. That is the world. I will destroy it completely. Let my firstborn go. And because you touch my firstborn, he says, I will destroy this earth, this world, burn it into cinders because of what you did to my people all these years. Nothing will be left. Understand what God is saying. Israel and church. Every nation. God used other nations to discipline Israel. But every nation, even that physical Israel, every nation that harmed Israel, God destroyed them. There's no history of them left. Though it is physical and they were never really loyal to God. But God is a covenant keeping God. If God told Israel is my firstborn, you are my firstborn. 
Even if you don't walk with me and obey me and I will use other nations to discipline you, disperse you and everything. But be very careful, you guys. I will destroy you what you do because of what you did to my firstborn. Okay, understand this. In Colossians 1, verse 17, you have to understand all this in terms of Old Testament is the shadow. New Testament is the reality. Oh, the shadow, that's 2.17? Right? The substance is Christ? 2.17. Everything in the Old Testament connected to Israel is a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of? Substance is Christ. This is the shadow. Substance is Christ. Okay? You have to... I have to be there for you to see my shadow. But the shadow keeps changing. But I am the truth. Morning my shadow will look very long. Evening my shadow will look long to the other side. But when the sun keeps coming, 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 sun is up right above me, there is no shadow. There is no shadow. Okay? There is no shadow at all. Read Psalm 37 today. I will make the justice of your cause shine like the noonday sun. There is a day when the day of judgment comes and we will realize there is no shadow. I have been declared righteous in the image of Christ Jesus. No shadow. The shadow becomes a substance. Okay? But there is something. So, shadow is there. Everything in the Old Testament is a shadow. Real events that happened. Real words that were real things which God did. But this is all a shadow representing what will happen to us and in the new covenant age and still happening till today. So in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, Israel is my firstborn. Let him go. Who is Jesus? He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Now, he was God always, but when you voluntarily chose to be born, okay, he became the firstborn of all creation. Romans 8.29 For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So there is the shadow and there is the substance. So Israel is the firstborn. So when God is telling Pharaoh, let my son go. You need to understand. It's Christ coming in the flesh, living in man. That's why when Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus is going to arrest all the Christians and he falls under that brilliance of Jesus' appearance and he asks, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He didn't ask, why do you persecute my people? Why do you persecute my people? Understand our God. So if you go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 22 and 23, you will understand this. Let my, Israel is my firstborn. For whom, yeah, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem, don't fight for this earthly Jerusalem. There's a heavenly Jerusalem who is our mother. Because that's in the book of Galatians. To an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and the church of the... What are we? Church means set apart. Ecclesia. Church of the firstborn. Who are registered in? See, we may have no numbers. No power. Meaning nothing here. But we are registered in heaven. And if you go to Colossians, if I am right. 
chapter 1 and verse 18. Then you will understand the full picture. Colossians 1 and verse 18. He is the head of the body. The church. Who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have the preeminence. Now, when a child is born, the head comes first, right? Almost all normal delivery. What comes out first? Head comes first. Isn't the body the part of the head? Okay, he's the head, the church is the body. Okay. What is the other delivery called? Breach? Yeah, breach, right? Some memory is there. You know? Okay. He is the firstborn. The church is the church of the firstborn. He is the head. The church is the body. When God was telling Pharaoh, let my people go. God is telling the devil, don't touch my people. Let them go. Pharaoh said no. The powers and rulers who have ruled this world for 2000 years, all these Caesars, and Maos and Stalins and all, Kim Jong Sung or whatever their names, all this one, all have the same message. Let my people go. Let my people go. Because Jesus is the firstborn. What is God telling his people? Do you see what is happening? When these judgments are happening in Egypt, happening in Egypt, that is what made the Israelites ready to go. Ready to go. They were not, they didn't really. I mean, if the Pharaoh was nice, Remember after many years later they were sitting and romanticizing their past. Oh, we remember how we sat around the fires of Egypt and we had fish and leeks and garlic and cucumbers. Free of, free of cost. Kya baat hai, free of cost. As if they were vacationing at Luxor by the Nile on the beach and they were sitting in those beach chairs and the Egyptians were serving them. How we romanticize our wicked past, our slavery and our bondage to sin. How great those days were. How good those... And we don't appreciate the deliverance Christ has brought from the deliverance of sin. That's our problem. This is all. You need to understand what Israel's slavery in Egypt represents our slavery to Satan and to sin. And when God has set us free from the power of sin and has asked us to come and enjoy Him... We don't like that. People struggle in enjoying God and His word and worship and songs and fellowship and fellowship of saints. They don't like it. My question to you is, where is your fellowship now? Everybody shut in, right? Where is your theaters now? Shut in, right? Everything out in the world which you went, everything has been locked out and locked out. And it doesn't matter to the world. God is not speaking to the world. God is speaking to the church. Now that the physical reality has been shut down, are you going into the virtual reality and enjoying the world still? 
Because that's what happened to Israel. The physical reality has been taken away. There's no more Egyptian fires or Egyptian food. So now sitting there and they're being given manna from heaven. It symbolizes the word of God. And everybody's healthy. Nobody is sick. Nobody is tired. Everything is really actually good. And they are re- experiencing virtual reality. See, nothing has changed. Virtual reality. Oh, we remember the fires of heaven. Or oh, Egypt. And all that we ate ex- I can I can imagine the taste of that fish fry in from the Nile fish, you know, Russian. I mean, it was really fresh, tastes really good. This manna, we are just tired of this manna. What is this? <laughs> Some people may be starting online and this. What is this? When are you going to stop? That's, <laughs> this is exactly what manna means. What does manna mean? What is this? What is this? <laughs> What? In your church of three hours service, almost two hours is preaching? What is this? That's what Israel also said. What is this? Okay. Now if you go to Exodus chapter 12, I will tell you the words, but let me, we don't have to go through the whole thing. In Exodus chapter 12, before all this happened, the final plague happened, before they are ready, God tells, you know what? First nine, where you get you ready? But only the tenth will allow you to get out. The twelfth is important. The, sorry, the tenth is important. The nine is just to get you ready and the other fellow to let you go, prepare his heart, all this. The tenth is important to you. Nine are important to them. Tenth is important to you. The tenth, the preparation before the plague, the tenth plague, he says, you need to know. You need to have a lamb. We know the details. Call the Passover lamb. Blemishless, without spot. This much age. You need to pick it on the 10th day of the first month. And keep it for how many days? Four days. And the fourth day, 14th day. So the Passover is the 14th day of the month. It's not like our Easter and Good Friday. For Hebrews, it doesn't change. It's always the 14th day of the first month. For us, it is a Julian week, keeps on one year, Easter will be on Easter, Resurrection Sunday will be in March, another year it will be in April. But there's never change, it's always 14th day. So the 10th day you have to pick, and the 14th day you have to slaughter it. 10th, 14th. So how many days do you keep? Why four days? Because after 4,000 years of human history, the Lamb of God came. Four thousand years. Jesus came after four thousand years. And now two thousand years are also over. So he came on the fourth day. One year, day is like a thousand years. Okay? And then he said, you have to eat it. First you have to kill it, take the blood and put it on the doorpost of your house, representing your household. There is a physical house and there is a spiritual house inside. Today we don't put it on the doorpost of a house. We put it over the spiritual house where we and our family reside. So your children could be spread out around the world. But still it is one spiritual house and you apply the blood. You apply the blood. Like for in my case, my children are none other with me. But by faith you apply the blood that this pandemic passes over them. They are not asked to put the blood as the head. I am asked to put the blood. Even if they don't believe, I need to believe. Then he said, you do one thing, don't eat in these ways. Don't boil it, 
couple of instructions he gives. Okay? Don't eat it that way. It should be roasted over the fire and be eaten with bitter herbs. We won't get into all that tonight. Okay? But go to verse 8 and to 11. Just look at one thing and see if those online people, you are tired. I'm sorry, you're sitting in your houses, in your couches and happily watching. You can't be tired. We should be tired. Okay? And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of their houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on the night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Okay? Fire, unleavened bread and roasted. Okay, three things. Let's leave that aside. That's another message. Don't eat it raw. Kacha mat khana. Eshu masiko kacha mat khana. Don't boil it. Don't boil it. Don't boil. Don't water down the word of God. That is what has happened in the world. Why nobody is prepared because they watered, they added water into the word. They took out the essence of the word. Took it out. Either they ate it raw, went legalistic by the letter, because they didn't understand the spirit, or they watered it down. Boiled and boiled and boiled and took all the essence out. Said, Roast it. Okay. Shall let none of it remain until morning? Okay, come to verse 11. This is, okay, now eating is given. This is how you have to eat it. Remember, a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your Okay. Basically, if you actually, the Hebrew rendition is your cloak tucked into your waist, which you guys won't understand. We Malus understand it very well. We wear our mundu dhoti, but when we walk, one thing is taken and we walk like this. Why? It gives free movement to the leg. Okay? Or go further, we will take it and fold it like this. Ready to fight means fight or flight. <laughs> we tired. That's what he's basically saying. Okay? He's saying, with a belt on your waist, sandals on your feet. It's a long walk. And it's a walk of peace. Sandals on your feet represents peace. Peace with God. Peace with man. You're living in peace. You're not living. That's why I always say when you leave, leave in peace. You're not living in angry with Egypt. Egypt has served its purpose in your life. Don't forget the good, the good Egyptians did to you under Joseph. You're not living. You're not, we are not angry with the world because the world is the people. We are not angry with them, but we are ready to leave them. Live in peace. Live in peace. And your staff in your hand. And you shall eat in it? Haste. Because you will live in haste. You shall, should be always. Don't, 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 don't tarry, 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 tarry over your meal because you don't know when you have to leave. Meaning, when it comes to this alone, don't delay. Don't delay. Don't delay. Today. Don't delay with this. Don't delay. You never know. Get ready to go anytime. And like Rebecca, always prepared. Always prepared. Always prepared. She was ready. 
So unless we read the parallels, you need to realize, by the time Israel left Egypt, Egypt was devastated. By the time the church leaves this world, this world will be devastated. You know why the world will be devastated? Because of what they did to the church. You know why Egypt was devastated by God? Because of what they did to Israel. True believing church, not the false. There's a parallel church also up there. Parallel church also. It's a false church. The simple illustration I always have given you is when the Titanic came and he crashed against the iceberg and it started sinking. You know why Titanic sank? There was this iceberg, this huge iceberg. This portion of iceberg was above water. And there was another portion which was below water. Now you ask me this question, why did Titanic sink? Because it hit the portion that was above water or below water? Below water. There's an underground church which nobody sees, which is crying out to God day and night, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. We have lost everybody. We've been beaten, we've been killed, we've been heads have been cut off, hands have been cut off, tongues have been cut off, we've been burned, we've been massacred, our women have been raped, our daughters have been raped. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And God says, I will one day destroy this world which did this to my church. And history has never changed from the beginning till today. They do it to his children. And nobody raises a voice. Nobody raises a voice. No system, no government, nothing. You know why? How many tens and thousands and thousands and thousands of innocent people have been massacred in China? Innocent. Everybody knows it is true. Christians, even innocent Muslims, poor people, religiously blind, but they didn't harm the system. They have been taken into labor camps, killed, organs have been harvested when they are alive. All these things everybody knows is true. But nobody will do anything. You know why? Because everybody wanted China's money. So God said, I don't need China's money, so I will deal with China if you don't deal with China. Now at the end of it, nobody will want to trade with China. You all sold your soul as Christian nations for the money of China when there were millions and millions and millions being killed and made to work like animals so that you would make your money. You all made money. You know what? Western nations, Christian nations, the blood of God's innocent was upon your hands. Even if they were not Christians, they were innocent. They were innocent for what they are suffering. They did not know. That's the truth. You go around the world. What is every product you buy? Made in China. So he sent a virus which was also made in China. To humble other nations. Other nations. Other nations. That's the truth. Truth hurts. Why is everybody buying Chinese? Because it's cheap. You make your profits. Everybody shifted their companies there. No. Did you ever ask what is happening in that country? You didn't know the truth? Blinded. Every year in your Congress, American Congress, you had this list and this declaration about persecution of minorities and all. Why were you silent about China? Because you needed Chinese money. You see, you said we are a nation under God, but you acted as if there is no God. God said, you said there is a nation under God, and I will tell you there is a God. And I am that God and I will shake you. Every nation I will shake you. Every nation I will shake you. That's what's happening. And that's why we look at the first day. If my people who are called by your name, you said you are, you are mine. 
then humble yourself humble yourself humble yourself and you pray and you turn from your wicked ways will you oh no will you will you will you turn from your wicked ways no once this is over they will go back with their markets and factories to another country which is even worse than this because it's about money you know what satan what we read you are trading. Trading. We talk about all the words, the animosity you have in North India, especially Babri, Masjid, Ayodhya, all these things of history. History, they are not able to forget our history and all. But why do you think the Muslims came here? Why do you think the British came here? Trading cheap. Take our blood away. Nobody was... Nobody was came here for the gospel. Everybody came for the money, wherever they went. The white man went into Africa, or the Muslims came to India, or everybody. Religion was just a cover. Everywhere, anybody went. Religion was a cover. The real thing was money. It was money. Any culture, any nation, everywhere. It was trading. It was trading. As we close, we go to the book of Revelation. And let us read about Babylon's fall. Yeah? Revelation 18. Let me give you the verses because we will look in more detail tomorrow. No, no, 18. Read from verse 1. After these things I saw another angel coming down heaven, having great authority and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. It's talking of this world commercial system. Babylon. Okay? And has become what? A dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, lest you receive of her plagues. If there is one thing that is being sent, the word God being sent to his people is, come out of her. Words is coming. And you will share in her plagues. Let your soul not be yoked to this system. Come out of her. Be in the world. Do not be part of the world. One word is going out from God. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Whatever you need, I will give you. You seek my kingdom. You seek my righteousness. Otherwise, he's saying this plague is nothing. This is nothing. There is something much, much bigger that has been prophesied that will come. And then he will say the nature of it. I will tell you the verses that we will Read, you know. Verse 9 onwards. The kings of the earth who committed fornication live luxuriously with her, will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. 
the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Okay, now, John in his vision when he's seeing, even when he interprets the vision, he has to read it and write it according to his times. Okay, so we can take it and translate it into our times. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil, frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses and chariots and, 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 and bodies and souls of men. Bodies and souls of men. You see, at the end, God puts two things. Bodies. What was happening? Why did everybody put their factories in China? Because they were trading in the bodies of men and women. Paid a pittance. Sit like 21st century slaves to make your products. And you make your money. So atheistic government... Absolutely brutal government. And another government, whichever presidents were over all these years, saying, under God, you all came together at the top, right? And you were trading in the bodies. Trading in the bodies. And the souls of men. This was your trade. So Babylon, Babylon, the prince of Babylon is the devil. And he was violent in his trading. And his human counterpart sitting over there in rulers and presidents and prime ministers and kings and all the elites sitting at the top. Doesn't matter, Republicans and Democrats, all of them are the same. Showing their opposition and all. At the real level, they are all the same, except the believers who are separated, who will fight for righteousness. Almost all of them are the same. They only pretend all these things. They are all the same at the top. And they have joined with their sorcerers and their magicians. Of course, today they are called masters and wizards and butterflies and warlocks. They all gather at the same place. In the nights, in their dens, when they gather, you will see there is no Republican or Democrat there. There is no Congressman or BJP there. They all gather at the same lodges. And they have their magicians and enchanters who are called masters. And they are trading in violence. Souls and bodies. You think the terms that is being used in the natural realm originated in the world? No, it originated in this dark dense. So many things. And you know what? The religious system became a part of it. Much of the church is part of this. They are trading in souls. That's why I always openly said, they are masters by night and pastors by day. And every day I pray, let them be exposed and be brought down. Because they are trading in the souls of God's children who are blinded. Sitting in churches and jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping. And God, God says in Jeremiah 8, 11, And he says that in the book of Thessalonians too. What does he say? <clears throat> For they have healed the hurt of my daughter, of my people. Slightly saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. They changed the message, made the message about this world, about prosperity, about wealth and health and no pain and no suffering. And they healed the sins of the people very lightly. You know why? Because they were joined with the other side. They were joined with the other side. 
And that's exactly God says in the book of Thessalonians. When they say peace and safety, sudden destruction will come. It will come. It will come. And that's why God told the church, you are the light of the world. And then he said, if the light in you is darkness, how great is your darkness? How great is your darkness? See it differently. And all you believers who are sitting in your homes, God is giving you an unprecedented opportunity. Lockdown. Lockdown. Let the children eat three times a day. You fast at least one meal. Fast one meal. Spend time before God. Let there be peace in homes. Let there be time of prayer and worship in homes. Put things right before God and say, Lord, when this thing comes through, a church should emerge out of it purer, cleaner and whiter. More vibrant. So that when the church steps out, it should shine. It should shine. Because Lord, we see this as a God-given opportunity to set our lives right before you. Get rid of Netflix and Amazon Prime or whatever all these things are called. Get rid of all these things. You don't need it. You give your life over to Netflix and one day God will flick you to hell. You don't need that. Waste of. Because that's how they do it. You see that the plot is gripping. You're caught. But through it, they pass on fornication, adultery, homosexuality, murder, violence, and then all this stuff. And you watch it, and you watch it, and you watch it, and watch it. What is happening? You're being sensitized to sin. So what happens is, when these things actually happen, you don't react the way you are supposed to react. That's the difference. You get sensitized. When you are sensitized to failure and defeat and sin, and then when Goliath comes out and he gives his, you all run away and you hide. But a guy who was not sensitized, who had lived in the wilderness and never seen sin or defeat and fought his battles, when he comes out and hears Goliath come out, he says, who is this fellow? Who is this fellow? You know why? Because he was not sensitized to sin and failure. That's the power of wilderness. Now everybody is in the wilderness. Your house has become the wilderness. God has taken you into that isolated place. A wilderness. Shut away from the world to prepare you so that you can come out and tell Goliath, you come against me with the spear, the javelin, the sword, but I come against you in the name of Jehovah. Oh, we read earlier in the this thing, you came like bees, your nations came, I cut them off, I cut them off, I cut them off, I cut. That is later as a king. You know why? Because as a young shepherd boy, when the bear came, and when the lion came, I cut them off in the name of Jesus. And then when Goliath came, I cut them off in the name of Jehovah. He had a life history of fighting the battle, and knowing the power of his name. That is only learned in the wilderness. It is not learned in the world. For years you have heard this. Don't go into this world. Don't get sensitized by the world. Stay away from the world. Go to your family members. Meet your family members. But when you go to your family members, unsaved family members, you should have such a reaction over them that either they love you or they hate you. They should never say or feel you are just like us. Just like us. You love your loved ones, unsaved loved ones, but you don't become like them. Don't become like them. 
What is that? Your very light of Christ in you is the life you reflect. In him was life. And that life was the light of man. Light doesn't have to do anything to dispel darkness. It just has to stand there. Daniel did not have to do one thing for the other princes to hate him. He just had to stand there as light. And the darkness around him hated him. That's what Jesus said. That's what we need to know. We stand there because our convictions are very, very true. We love them. but We love our God more. We pray for them. We stand in the gap. But we do not ever compromise on the truth. This is the truth. And if this is true and you are true, I'm willing to live or die. And both is gain for me. If I live, I live for you. If I die, I die for you. For me, I am not dying for a cause. You are my cause. Because all these, because all these people have causes. They're fighting for green energy and they're writing for conservation. And I'm not worried about, no, look at that. After this plague has come and everything, the river, the canals of Venice is clean. Wuhan, the sky is cleared up. Seas are clear. So what? It is all going to be burned up anyway. Those causes don't move me. It's good. It's fine. But it doesn't move me. What moves me is as the lives of people become clean, have souls turned to Christ Jesus, then I will say the virus has achieved its purpose. Because Jesus died for people, not for the environment. When he comes, in a second he will clean up this world. In one second he will clean it up. And he showed us the power of it. And nobody stopped him. When as a young 30-year-old carpenter came into the temple and turned everything, nobody stopped him. Nobody stopped him. There were hundreds of Levites and priests and every nobody dared stop him because they sensed the authority and the power. If in one day he could clean up their physical temple, in one day he will clean up this world. Amen. That is why scripture says, on the seventh day he rested and he hallowed that day. Six days are over. A day is like a thousand years. Seventh day is coming. On that day he will clean it up. I don't have to worry about it. I have to be a good steward of my surroundings and how I use his earth because the earth is his. But I am not running after these causes. I'm fighting for souls. You and I are fighting for souls. Not for the environment. Not for environment. Okay. So don't Get fooled, Christians, believers. We don't fight causes. We fight for, for souls. We fight and we are zealous for his name. So this night as we close, we look to the Lord once again. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning I'll preach. Evening Pastor Vijay will preach. We'll come back. We'll I'll finish this portion. He'll come every day as long as the government allows and there are no restrictions. We will, we will keep coming. And we will pray, we will encourage you, we will teach you. And please use this time to put right things with with God and with man. And when this curfew, this quarantine, we don't know how many days, weeks, it's over. We'll look it as God-given. And you believers of GTC should not be afraid of essentials. If you had practiced what you were taught, you have practiced to live a life of fasting. And not, we feasted very well. One church in the city that feasted very well. Every Sunday was a feast. Every fasting after that we feasted. We ate well, but we also made fasting into our lifestyle. So there are no complaints. We can go through without food. Any days. It's a 40 day quarantine. God given Lord calling us. We read it differently. It's a 40 day fast. So we are not worried or scared by any of those things. 
But by faith we come today before God. Father, we just come to you, Lord, and I stand before your people as your shepherd. And I pray at every place, every home, the believing father, and if there is an unbelieving father, the believing mother will rise up and by faith apply the blood upon the doorposts of our spiritual, spiritual houses. The blood, the blood, the blood of the Lamb of God over our spiritual houses. Your sister or brother who is watching, if your spouse is not saved, your word says, by your faith, your unbelieving spouse is sanctified. And your children are holy. If your child is not saved, God says, according to your faith, your child is holy, your spouse is sanctified. Apply by faith. By faith, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. The power is in the blood. The power is in the blood. Apply by faith. It took a little. They did not apply it with their hands. Scripture says they took hyssop, a little plant that grew up inside wells, a little plant they took, dipped it in the blood, applied it it on the doorpost that hyssop stands for your faith. Even if you have little faith this night or this morning, whichever part of the world you are living in, take by faith the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Apply it over the spiritual doorpost of your house and by faith hold your spouse, your child, hold them by faith. They may be far away, but in your spirit, in your soul, they should be near. Hold them close, hold them close. Hold them close and stay under the blood. 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 As the head of the household, who is there, man or woman, spiritual, has a spiritual head, stand there and acknowledge the sins of your unbelieving spouse and your unbelieving children. You take responsibility. If Jesus died on the cross and took responsibility for the sins of the body, today you stand there and take responsibility for the sins of your unbelieving family and say, Lord, I stand. I stand and I confess their sins and my sins, Lord. And I plead the blood over them and over myself. And we come under the blood, under the blood, under the blood, under the blood, Lord, under the blood. All my spiritual children too, Lord. So many children who do not have parents. I bring them all under the blood, under the blood, under the blood. And I believe, as you have said, this plague will pass over us. This plague will pass over us. This plague will pass over us and when it's passed over, we will see all our children are alive and our firstborn is alive and we will have our strength intact when we come through this to serve you and to worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We just rest in your promises. We just rest in you. Because God is not a man that he should lie. And every promise is yes and amen. By through this exceedingly great and precious promises, we enter into the divine nature of God and we escape the lust that is the corruption that is in this world through this lust. We escape. We escape. We escape. We are safe, safe and secure under the shadow of thy wings, O Lord. Cover us and keep us. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you, brethren, everywhere you are looking. We love you. We love you. Whether you are those who are watching who are part of the church or part of some other church or somebody who left the church, you know me. You know my heart. I love you. And we love you, Pastor Vijay. And I, we love you. And let me 
We give you the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and Amen.